0: Probably the best way I, I can describe it is that it's really highlighting those issues that need to be addressed. Art again, like I said, is like one of those spaces where you can go vulnerable, go grim, really explore these topics and not just a clear like diagnosis and treatment way. Instead, you really get to have an exploratory field to tackle and explore some of these issues. I think for myself, what I see art is in this conversation at large is highlighting those lived in experiences and giving people an actual platform to engage.
1: Welcome to Insides of an Eco Artist. I'm your host, Joanna Laquel. I'm an eco artist, writer, and curator. In every episode, I bring worldwide artists that embody the fight to create a more thriving world. Hello everyone and welcome back to Insights of an Echo Artist. I hope you are keeping safe, you are keeping creative and you are going to the studio and creating things that you love. I don't know if you listened to the conversation with me and Shannon, but if you can, go... Go to operas, go to uh, ba- to the ballet, go to, to the theater to enjoy other artists' work. Go to galleries if you can. It's really important that we keep feeding our inner artists so we can keep creating things that is authentic for us and that speak to our souls. Yeah. <laughs> so as we mentioned in previous episodes, We keep these episodes ad-free because we know it's really annoying to have all these ads. We keep the magazine and platform ad-free. So if you'd like to support us, join our Patreon community. Go to patreon.com slash artist. We have early releases of these conversations and video interviews and written interviews. We will add some new content there also only for patrons. So, so go have a look at that. And you can even join the community for free and be part of our chat where you can ask questions, recommend artists for me and Shannon to discuss or even artists that you wish would be on the pod or the magazine so we can reach out and try to interview them. And you can have a conversation with us about your work. Uh, we can You can join our Zoom monthly hangs where c- you can also bring your work to share with other members and with us. But to keep it simple, go have a look and support us if you can. Uh, we, We really enjoy that and we want to build a community around this project so artists can thrive and we can have a conversation about art, about the contemporary world and social, political and ecological issues that are happening and how artists are such a vital part of this conversation. But for the interview of today, I have an artist today that I'm so happy to have on the pod. Uh, She's an amazing individual. She's a scholar. She's a painter. She's an activist. She's a curator. I'm talking about Ali Slatter. I'm sorry if I butchered her last name. You know, guys, I don't know why, but I really struggle with last names. (laughs) So for the ones of you... don't know her she is the founder behind the starving artist which is an initiative that harnesses creative voices to advocate for change and systemic reform she established also the starving artist scholarship fund which plays a vital role in helping people access inpatient treatment for eating disorders Uh, she also has this body of mind campaign that uses the power of art to explore the experience of migrants and has provided support to individuals and artists from refugee seeking backgrounds worldwide Uh, she is a powerful example how art can be combined with activism to address issues of illness vulnerability authenticity drawing for her own personal experience and auto ethnography to drive change and create social impact so guys i hope you really enjoyed the conversation let's dive in hey ali can you hear me yeah yeah
0: so how are you today I'm good. I'm so excited. And thank you so much. I'm really excited to, I guess, just chat more about the work that I'm doing. But also your podcast is so amazing. I started listening to an episode yesterday. And I'm like, Oh, my gosh, I can't wait to listen to more. So I both get to be on the podcast and then listen to the podcast.
1: Thank you for being here. It's really a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Can you just start by giving us an overview of your practice?
0: Yeah, for sure. So my name's Ali Slater. I'm an artist, activist, and the founder of The Starving Artist. The Starving Artist is an artist initiative that uses the power of creative arts for systemic reform. And I guess a lot of my art is really focused on lived-in experience and how can this often counteract stereotyping narratives and then really trying to redefine, I would say, our contemporary understanding of some of the most like prevalent issues such as you know climate change or body dysmorphia. But yeah, yeah, that's keeping it brief.
1: <laughs> Could you tell us a bit more about the project, the starving artists and the scholarship fund?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So The Starving Artist originally was supposed to be a one-time exhibition and publication and it was really just supposed to be myself and five artists to really look at eating disorders through our own lived-in experiences and prefacing this I've suffered from an eating disorder for over 10 years and I found that most people, especially my family, who is very traditional Eastern European and medical practitioners saw a diagnosis. They didn't see the person behind the disease. And the exhibition was trying to shed light on what it was really like to live with an eating disorder. And with the success of the exhibition, I had over 50 artists that wanted to get involved and the publication got picked up by over 30 universities. And I saw this need for this voice to be heard And from there, what I tried to do was focus on just small more projects and really trying to get more people involved who want to be and then it's really turned into what it is today, which is exploring such a diversity of issues through contemporary art and the serving artists. So it's a not for profit. And all the funds raised from exhibitions, workshops, art-based reflection cards, basically all of our activities fund the Starving Artists Fund, which is really trying to help marginalized communities access inpatient care, because often there's either very limited access, depending on region, or who's really allowed to access treatment. So we're trying to make these barriers, I would say, slightly less Well, less in place because we've been really trying to focus on both the art and activism, but then also that intersectional care.
1: Okay, so what type of activities or initiatives does the nonprofit do? It's exhibitions, workshops, talks?
0: Yeah, yeah. We do publications. We also do art-based reflection cards, billboard campaigns. We work with schools, healthcare practitioners, policy makers, and really trying to showcase, one, how people can explore their own lived-in experiences through creative arts, but then also to those external, how they can support and really better address the needs of their communities that they're working with.
1: Okay, so going to your practice in specific, you do have a campaign called This Body of Mine that explores the migrants' experience to creative voices. So could you share some examples of this campaign and how it has supported artists and individuals from refugee-seeking backgrounds and talk a bit about the project?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it came from my own experience coming from a displaced family from former Yugoslavia. And growing up, I I realized that there are so many challenges from being the first one in my family to go to university or even be able to speak English. And it was incredibly hard. But I found that there was such a stereotype of what it's like to come from another country. And what the work we're trying to do is often I would say broaden these conversations. So some of the works such as The Meeting Point is where we have over, I believe it was 30 international female artists share their own work and experiences and really try to highlight the diversity of ways that people are migrating and what it means to explore a refuge, I would say seeking background and the aspects of identity and belonging all interplaying. Um, other things that we've done was um, recently The Body Remembers, which is looking at gender safety, and um, especially when we're looking at women's rights and experiences, there's often that inequality. Um, otherwise, I think just this past week we've had a really exciting new project for art- based reflection cards, looking at migrant um, labor. So making sure that there's fair transparency and work conditions, looking at how artists and individuals can be exploring their own, I would say migrant labor either those who've had it or those who are maybe considering it or looking into it more. So yeah, a lot of interesting projects on the go.
1: (laughs) So are these projects your own creative practice or they are connected with the Starving Artist nonprofit?
0: So with a lot of my work, it's always intertwined with the starving artist. I, of course, have my own artist practice outside of it, but a lot of the themes I explore in my own art, I really like to bring to conversations with other artists and the starving artists.
1: I, I read your statement and your bio, and I saw your portfolio to the questions, and something really popped out for me in your statement. You mentioned that you explore art making as a methodology that suggests the human condition is more complex than its curling understood. Could you elaborate a bit on this line of thought?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I think for myself, really just trying to give that example of the eating disorder experience. Often what we think of is someone with an eating disorder who may be like a teenage girl who's trying to lose weight for prom and she's on the treadmill eating carrot sticks. but. When we really look at how complex it is, we realize that everyone has a complicated relationship with food, for example. like Some people get stressed before a test, and they eat a bunch of food, or they don't want to eat at all. Other people just love eating the same types of food, or other people like to have a little bite of everything, and you realize that it's so complicated, and yet everyone has their own, I would say, way that they experience it. And my work is really trying to shine light through my own experience of saying that these narratives aren't necessarily true, and we really need to examine all those aspects from, you know, your culture, your upbringing, your social environment, your disability or ability. Right? Trying to see how all these ways connect into what we understand as an eating disorder or as a human experience.
1: Have Have you found um, a, a positive reaction? to your work and the work you have been doing uh, from the audience
0: yeah absolutely i think the beneficiaries have been twofold so like first the people who have had lived in experience so some of the themes that we're looking at from say eating disorders migrant identity Mm -hmm. climate change and refuge seeking backgrounds those people see their voices represented in a vulnerable but authentic way and in the hopes of them sharing their voice or really knowing that they're not alone. Those external also really get a better understanding of what's behind the curtain and for them they really just like to be able to engage in these topics in an alternative way then you know rather than hearing a big lecture about it they get to explore it through art in a very creative but also accepting and safe environment.
1: That's really good to hear I also know you have gained a lot of prestigious awards from your humanitarian work. Can you tell us how have gaining these achievements or receiving these awards has impacted you as an individual and your practice?
0: I mean, it's it's an incredible honor. I mean, first off, but I think what it really helps me at a just personal level is know that the industry validation is there because so often art is like an accessory when we're talking about like change making or even just artists as a role in society but realizing that people are seeing art as a form of activism and social reform is amazing and i think that really just inspires me to keep on doing the work that i'm doing and i i mean i'm I'm more than happy to be without the awards but it's just been such a privilege to be able to represent art and all its potential at such high humanitarian levels.
1: (laughs) So you have your practice. I know that you also have a curational practice. You do research and you have this project. How do you manage all of this?
0: But sleep? (laughs) No, um, I think... (laughs) probably for me it's that I love what I do and so it's not always work I mean it is sometimes very like painful long emails or just lots of reports but I love it and so it makes it worth it I do definitely want to say that it's not without sacrifice in terms of you know other opportunities or just you know spending time going to see a movie I would rather stay at home and paint you know everyone has a different I would say way that they like to unravel and I guess that for me is through art so I just I I don't know I live and breathe it and it's very rare that you find a passion that you're able to devote yourself to but I guess for me I found it.
1: (laughs) that's that's really good so i do have the balance even though you have all these different paths in your own journey a creative journey you have the balance because you have your art practice and you can switch your brain a bit uh so you know you are not overwhelmed
0: exactly and like when i was in art school i'm not sure if you may have had the same experience but there's the teachers who are always saying, nope, that's wrong, that's terrible, and you just put so much pressure on it. And when I was, I guess, out of art school, I realized that, oh my goodness, like art can actually be fun, and there's not a pressure or a grade on it. And really, it was like, yay, now I can finally get to explore it and find that joy in it again, because so long there was not so much pressure on it.
1: Yeah, I do, I do agree with that. I think... First of all, it does. Sometimes art school does not prepare us for the grown-up world, <laughs> the outside world, and that pressure sometimes can can break you and can take the joy out of your art practice. And I think most artists, when they get out of art school, as you said, is trying to reconnect with that art that it's authentic to them and is is doesn't have or doesn't seek outside uh, validation and it's a process that I also enjoy myself to be in the studio and just create for myself and be in that space I think it's very important for artists
0: yeah yeah like for me as much as I love doing these like really challenging themes and diving deep into myself I also just like love painting cake or love painting my dog or love painting you know for my family and it's just sometimes it's just nice that you get to do like make art for art's sake
1: yeah yeah i do agree with that so because of your background, how do you see the intersection of art and activism in your own work and in the contemporary art world
0: so i think probably the best way i I can describe it is that it's really highlighting those issues that need to be addressed. Art, again, like I said, is like one of those spaces where you can go vulnerable, go grim, really explore these topics and not just the clear like diagnosis and treatment way. Instead, you really get to have an exploratory feel to tackle and explore some of these issues. I think for myself, what I see art is in this conversation at large is highlighting those lived in experiences and giving people an actual platform to engage, especially those from marginalized communities. They have been excluded for so long in civic and systemic reform, say for people who suffer from eating disorders or mental health conditions. It's always the medical practitioners, the ones deciding the treatment for them. But at the same time, the individual knows himself the best and what tools they need to recover. So it's so important that when we're looking at how can art be a leader in this conversation, it can be a way to give voice. Also just a platform for individuals to really process, reflect, use it as a creative tool for them to better understand themselves. Yeah, I guess like in terms of like the international stage, uh, I think art is really good at not tokenizing these experiences anymore, but instead, really, I would say, challenging the way that academia and just society has thought about, you know, some of the struggles of humanity for so long. It gets deep, but I think I'm trying to get the, make the gist of it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I do see what you what you're saying, uh, and how do you see yourself in the international? contemporary world what you would say are your peers
0: my peers honestly most of the time tend to be other young practitioners and change makers we are as like younger people are so passionate about making the world a better place and it's us who are trying to shake up the table or sometimes even just flip the table over because our voices aren't being heard and it's really trying to be part of a community and all of us bring our own different experiences and voices. For me, it's creative arts, but trying to break through what our systems are for so long. And for me, it's either, you know, going to policymakers and sharing the art and voices directly. It's working with healthcare practitioners to make tools and resources that are art based that, you know, allow for more spaces and conversations or even just public campaigning through say our billboard project or exhibitions or publications. It's really just trying to be an advocate for many of us that haven't had our voices heard.
1: So what would you say is the biggest lesson or the most important lesson you have learned over your career?
0: Uh, Don't give up. (laughs) I think I realized that for me, real change takes time. And if it was easy, it would already be done. So just trying to look at all those milestones and realizing that you know, you're making progress. I know sometimes it's not always where you want to be, but if it was easy, it would be done. So just keep on trying to persevere and don't give up.
1: Yeah, yeah. So what are the three things you recommend an artist to do for themselves and their careers and why?
0: Three things. First one, I guess, find something that brings you joy outside of art. It's kind of counterproductive, but when you really think about it, art is supposed to be... A tool and just like a a space and medium for you to like explore. But if you kind of get too lost in it, then you lose yourself in the process. So having that balance between the artist and then the art is really important. Other things is trying to push yourself in new directions. So For me, like, I'm a painter by trade, but I also love exploring collage art or looking at different subjects or different mediums, so don't put yourself in a box. I think another great way is, like, collaborations with other artists, because everyone brings such unique perspectives to the table. One other thing, I don't know, just be you, be authentic, be vulnerable, explore art in the way that you want to, and, you know, not like those art teachers in school or what your family says, just make art in the way that you want to share it and I think that's so important just everyone really focusing on what is their voice and how do they want to represent and engage with themselves
1: yeah I do agree the three advices you gave or the three things you gave I think that being authentic is the most important thing you can do for yourself and for your own practice also because people relate with authenticity and your own identity and trying things. I think I uh, spoke about this in previous podcasts, but being a beginner at something, it's also a way to keep our creativity at bay and find new ways of of evolving into uh, in in our art practice. You are a painter by by trade, I'm a sculptor by trade, but I also do paintings and performances and photography. Just, I'm a beginner at that, but it really gives me, it, it expands my creative brain and I think it's very important, especially in the early years when you are trying to develop your practice.
0: Absolutely, and um, to be honest, I haven't done much sculpture. But you're now tempting me <laughs> to even do that. So, hey, you got at least one person excited about it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, sculpture, sculpture is uh, is interesting because it it's ends ends on, and uh, it's really um, spiritual in a way. You, you you be you are with the material in your truest sense. You don't have a, pa- a paintbrush or something in the middle. So I really enjoy that that process.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's that connection both like in the creation, but then also like you are part of the art often when you're doing sculpture, like the the grains on your fingers are sometimes in the clay. And it's just, it's so interesting. So, okay, maybe after this, I'll go buy some clay.
1: So, Ellie, thank you. Thank you for this conversation and for being here. I really enjoy meeting you and know a bit more about your practice. I knew the Starving Artist before you applied, and it really was a project that I was really interested in. So knowing a bit more about it is really great. So thank you.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Thank you so much. And again, anyone else who's also interested in learning more about the Starving Artist, please reach out. We love artists. We want to platform as many as possible. So thank you. (laughs)
1: I hope you enjoyed
0: this conversation
1: with Ali. She talks really beautifully and with such drive. I hope you got impacted by this conversation and go see your work and share your work with your peers uh, in in any way you can and for us, you know, go try to support us on Patreon go to our Instagram or our website uh, see what we are doing and always comment and share your thoughts so you can improve and keep this project alive yes, see you next time